everyone. Welcome to Reading with Christine Figs. I'm your host, Christine, and I am so happy you are here with me today. In today's episode, we will be talking about It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. The back of the book has this to say, Lily hasn't always had it easy, but that's never stopped her from working hard for the life she wants. She's come a long way from the small town in Maine where she grew up. She graduated from college, moved to Boston, and started her own business. So when she feels a spark with gorgeous neurosurgeon named Ryle Kincaid, everything in life's, I'm sorry, everything in Lily's life (laughs) suddenly seems almost too good to be true. Ryle is assertive, stubborn, maybe even a little arrogant. He's also sensitive, brilliant, and has a total soft spot for Lily. And the way he looks in scrubs certainly does not hurt. (laughs) Lily can't get him out of her head. But Ryle's complete aversion to relationships is disturbing. Even as Lily finds herself becoming the exception to his no dating rule, she can't help but wonder what made him that way in the first place. As questions about her relationship overwhelm her, so do thoughts of Atlas Corrigan, her first love and a link to the past she left behind. He was her kindred spirit, her protector. When Atlas suddenly reappears, everything Lily has built with Ryle is threatened. (laughs) Wow. Okay, so for starters, this book needs a massive sticker on the front that reads, Trigger Warning, Domestic Violence. So if that is a trigger for you, then this is not the book for you, and that's okay. Maybe the next one we talk about will be. For anyone that's still sticking around, let me break it down for you a little more. The story is told from Lily's perspective, and while she herself was never physically abused while growing up, she had to watch her mother be abused regularly by her father. As a child, she struggled with the same questions I would assume anyone in that situation would. Mainly, why would someone ever stay in a relationship in which they were being abused? The book goes back and forth between present-day Lily and memories from her past, showing very clearly just how much the trauma she experienced as a child is still with her. When she's talking about her first love, Atlas, or her current relationship with Ryle, you can't help but feel like she's your girlfriend. I think that's the part I wasn't expecting. Lily really felt like a friend, like someone who was working through her past trauma and trying to understand its effect and place in her present life. It forces you to ask hard questions of yourself, or at least it did for me. I was always so clear cut on, if someone ever lays a hand on me, I'm out. And honestly, I still feel that way. But I, or what I loved about this story is that it really humanized how difficult that decision must be. To look at someone you love and say, never again, knowing that you're going to lose them in the process. I know so many people who would say that decision should be easy. And for some it is, but for some it isn't. And I just think we need to hold space in our hearts for both of those types of people. My favorite line from the book was, life is a funny thing. We only get so many years to live it. So we have to do everything we can to make sure those years are as fun as they can be. We shouldn't waste time on things that might happen someday or maybe even never. I love this line because it's true. Life is long at moments, but it's also incredibly short. And we need to chase as much joy and pleasure and love and magic as we possibly can. We can't constantly worry about the future because when we do, we're missing the now. I won't lie. When I finished this book, I was in a puddle of my own tears. I cried so hard. And I think that's because... It all felt so real. It felt like this must be what so many people who grew up in that environment feel like. This is what they struggle with and think about and worry about. 
like I said, it felt real. And I think that's because it was loosely based on Colleen Hoover's personal experience. Her father was abusive to her mother, and so her mother left him when Colleen was little, forcing her to be a single mother to three young girls. The strength that woman must have had, it just blows my mind. But as Colleen shares in the afterward, she did what she knew she needed to do for her children. Colleen wrote these characters in a way that made them feel incredibly human. They had all experienced some form of their own trauma, and they were just trying to navigate it together. Even though the story was hard to read at times, I really loved it for how much it made me feel, how much it made me question. And in the end, I found myself crying and yelling, fuck you, Colleen Hoover, but also where can I buy the rest of your books? So I have a feeling I will be picking up more and more of the other books that she has written. That is our book for today. It ends with us by Colleen Hoover. If you're interested in purchasing it, you can find it in my online shop, Reading with Christine Figs, through bookshop.org, which is in the link of my bio. It's an amazing website I'm obsessed with that you can hear me go more into detail about during my intro episode. So, next up, let's dive into Beyonce's homecoming documentary. Wow, okay. First, I need to say that I am a fan of Beyonce's, but I've never been a fan Like, I know the singles that get played on the radio, and I know them well. Shake my ass to them when they come on, and channel my own Sasha Fierce when I get on the dance floor. But I'm not someone who knows her entire, I can never say the word right, discography? (laughs) Basically, I don't know all of her albums. I didn't watch the Lemonade album, although after Homecoming, I probably will. And besides being married to Jay-Z and Solange being her sister, there's not much else I could tell you about her. My brother is the reason why I watched Homecoming. He had worked on it through his job, and so when looking for something to watch one night, I turned it on. And again, let me say, wow. I didn't know what to expect, so when I realized it was her Coachella 2018 performance, I thought that was pretty cool. However, it was so much more than that. When she knew she would be performing at Coachella and being the first Black performer to ever headline, she knew she wanted it to be epic. So she went on the search for dancers, musicians, and like all around performers at all of the historically black colleges and universities. And in doing so, she created an experience. One that said, we might be here to celebrate my music, but we'll be celebrating my culture as well. Like from the drill team to the orchestra, the step team to the drum line, every single moment was, as her song says, flawless. The documentary followed them throughout their journey of prep for the show and just showed how much work went into putting something like this together. I was completely blown away by the work ethic of everyone she surrounded herself with and how much she pushed herself, especially just after having twins. She performed so many songs and I was so proud to know them all. Plus, it was just enjoyable. The whole time I was singing and dancing along, she had Jay come on stage and perform with her. And if that's not enough to entice you to watch it, then know that she brings Michelle and Kelly on stage. And when you see Destiny's Child perform together so many years later, you will definitely find yourself getting misty eyed. Trust me on that one. If you want to watch it, it's available on Netflix and definitely worth it. So I think that's all for today. Thank you for spending some time with me and listening to me chat about this book and documentary. Until next time, I hope you read. And if you can't, because that's just how life goes sometimes, I hope you enjoy some art in whatever form you find it. Because when life gets difficult, it is art in all of its many forms that can hold us, heal us, and give us hope. I love you all. Happy reading!